0: Well, welcome to our monthly First Fruit Celebration. This is a celebration that's very biblical. The Jews celebrated it all through the Old Testament. Jesus and the apostles celebrated it in the New Testament. A First Fruit Celebration is a celebration at the beginning of every Hebrew month, and it's a way of honoring God. It's a time to bring a first fruits offering. It's a time to say, "Lord, the very first thing we're going to do in this month is to praise you." And it's also to come together to hear what God is saying about the season that we're entering cuz biblically every month is a new prophetic season. Yeah. So, our message this morning is the Hebrew month of the Dar one 2022 now why do we say Adar one well you'll find out in a minute because there is also an Adar two but the message is leap into your destiny in the month of Naphtali so we want to welcome you to our first fruit celebration for the month of Adar Now, Adar is the last month of God's yearly cycle of feasts. The first month is Nisan. That's when you have Passover. Third month is Sivan. That's when you have Pentecost. Seventh month is Tishri. That's when you have Tabernacles and the Day of Atonement and the Feast of Trumpets. And by the time you come the whole way around to Adar, you're ready to start the cycle over again. Now, in our calendar, Adar usually begins in February and spills over into March. But this year, there's something very special about Adar. And that's because in the Hebrew calendar, this year is a leap year. Now, in a Hebrew leap year, you don't just add an extra day. You add a whole extra month. And the added month is an extra Adar. Now, I want you to say right now, I will leap forward. I will keep leaping forward forward until I stand on that mountain. (laughs) (laughs) So this year, we don't just get one Adar, we get two Adars. We get a second helping of the month of Adar this year. And if you're going to double a month, Adar is a wonderful month to double. Because Adar is a month to rejoice. It's a month to leap for joy. Adar was the month of Purim. And the Feast of Purim is on the 14th day of Adar. And since we have two Adars this year, we're going to observe it in the second month of Adar this year. But Purim was a time to celebrate that your curse is overturned and that the door to your destiny has been opened. At Purim, the Jews faced certain death. There was a curse set against them to destroy them, but even before that curse was pronounced, God had made a way for them to be saved. You know, before you even know you're getting into trouble, God has already figured out how to get you out of it. And so God raised up a young Jewish girl named Esther and made her the queen of the Persian Empire. And when a decree of destruction came, Esther was already in place to stand against it. And so at Purim, Esther revealed her true identity. And when she did, God gave her favor with the king and the Jews were rescued. So Adar is a month for your identity to be revealed. God has an identity for you. And your true identity is linked to the invisible world, not to the natural world. So this is a time to discover your identity in the spiritual realm. You need this month to learn who you are in the Lord. Get to know your spiritual gifts. Discover the prophetic words over your life and start moving forward into your destiny. So if Adar is the month of Purim, that means it's a time to gain the favor of the king. Tell your neighbor, favor. Next, it's a time to overturn the curse, and it's a time to move forward into your future. But most of all, it's a time to enter in to joy. This is a month when it's very, very important to rejoice, You know, God loves it when you have joy. The devil hates joy. You know, one way to recognize a demonic religious spirit is it will always oppose joy and laughter. Religion wants you to be mournful. God wants you to be joyful. God says the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, you won't have enough strength to resist the enemy if your life is not filled with joy. Here's some verses to look at. See if you can figure out what God's trying to tell us here. Deuteronomy 28, God's goal is that you serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Psalm 5, let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them always sing for joy. First Chronicles 16, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Job 8, God will fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. Psalm 126, the Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Philippians 4, always be full of joy in the Lord. And again, I say it, Rejoice. Now, how many think God's trying to tell us something there? See, God wants you to be joyful. God exhorts you to be joyful. God commands you to be joyful. If you do not have joy, you are being disobedient. Joylessness is sin. You know, the early Christian writers made a list of what they called the seven deadly sins, and one of them was joylessness and they define joylessness this way joylessness is a willful refusal to enjoy the goodness of God and the world he created see if you're not walking in joy I have some good news for you you can repent So why is it so important for us to rejoice? Well, there's a number of reasons. One is a joyful heart will keep you healthy. Proverbs 17:22 says, A joyful heart is like a good medicine, and a cheerful mind works healing. You know, modern science has sort of finally caught up and figured that out, came across this article a while back that says, happiness may slow aging and improve health. Doctors say you'll live longer if you're joyful. See, laughter boosts the immune system. It speeds the heart rate and improves blood circulation. It increases antibodies, combating infections. It causes the body to secrete an enzyme that protects the stomach from forming ulcers. It alleviates depression, lowers blood pressure, reduces stress, increases the oxygen level in our blood, and gives us a sense of well-being. And it immeasurably increases our enjoyment of life. Here's another reason to be joyful. A joyful heart is a testimony to the world. Psalm 67 says, let the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. God blesses us that the ends of the earth may fear him. In other words, God wants us to be so blessed, so overwhelmed with his goodness that the world looks at you and says, I want what you have. Not sure what it is you got, but I want it. See, joyful, happy Christianity is contagious. But how can we become joyful? See, a lot of people think happiness is something they have no control over. They think joy is dependent on their circumstances. If things go well, they can be happy. But if things go poorly, they'll sit around and complain. Let me tell you, that's not right. God commands you to rejoice. God says it's a sin to complain. So if God commands you to rejoice, that means you actually have a choice about whether you're a joyful person. For many people, unhappiness is just a habit. See, everybody has positive and negative things in life, And all of us have to choose which one we'll focus on. If you have formed a habit of dwelling on the negative, you will be an unhappy person. You will live in self-pity. You will struggle with depression. You will murmur and complain and miss the blessings God had planned for you. But the good news is you can break that habit. You can choose to rejoice. And that's what this month of Adar is all about. This month, God wants you to choose to walk in joy. Tell your neighbor, choose joy. And when God tells you he wants you to rejoice at all times, he's not asking the impossible. The Bible actually teaches us how to have joy. It tells us there are specific things you can do that will make you joyful. There are things that God says, if you will do this, I will give you joy. You know, a while back I was going to go through the Bible to list the things God said would make you joyful. And as I was working on that, I saw this in the news. It says, seven things that will make you happy. Now what amazed me is that most of the things in that article were already on my list. No, that was not a Christian magazine. That was a, a, a science, what is it? I forget what it's called, live science website. But here are things that the article said you can choose to do that will make you happy. And I was surprised how biblically, biblical they are. First one, be thankful. The article said, people who get into the habit of writing down three good things that happen to them every week show a significant rise in happiness. Those who wrote letters of gratitude to others reported a happiness boost that lasted for weeks. Here's another thing in the article, become a giver. It said, giving to others can pay happiness dividends. A 2008 study showed that people who give money, rather than spend it all on themselves, get a happiness boost. Altruistic or giving people were most likely to live longer and have happy marriages. Here's another thing from the article. Choose to remember the good things. Studies show if you savor happy memories and put bad ones in an optimistic light, you will be a happier person. And I read that and I thought, that's Philippians 4 8. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, think about such things. Don't dwell in the negative. Keep your eyes focused on all the blessings god has given and you'll be a happier person so science sometimes agrees with the bible you can become happy i'd like to add a few things from the bible that were not not in that article number one celebrate shabbat sabbath you know the first command god ever gave the human race was this one day a week take a day off from your regular work and just enjoy the blessings of god That Shabbat was not part of the law of Moses. That was given at creation. Shabbat is not a sober, somber day lived under harsh rules. It's a day to enjoy God and be thankful. And over the years, the Jews have developed Shabbat into a fine art. On Friday nights, their family and friends gather for a meal. The mother lights Shabbat candles and gives thanks to God for his gift of Shabbat. The father lifts up a glass of wine and a loaf of delicious bread and thanks God for his provision. And everyone tastes God's goodness. And as they eat, the members of the family talk. They pray blessings over each other. They sing praises to the Lord. And then all through the day on Saturday, the family eats their favorite foods, enjoys their favorite activities, and acknowledges that they are experiencing The blessings of God. Shabbat is a set-apart time. Jews call it a sanctuary in time. 24 hours away from the rat race. And God gives a promise to those who will observe Shabbat. In Isaiah 58, he says, If you call Shabbat a delight and honor it, you will find your joy in the Lord. And, you know, that wasn't just given to Jews. Because in Isaiah 56, he says, And foreigners, Gentiles, who bind themselves to the Lord and keep Shabbat, these I will bring to my holy mountain, and I will give them joy in my house of prayer. God says, If you need more joy in your life, celebrate Shabbat. Here's some more biblical ways to get joyful forgive others. Stop carrying baggage from your past that only makes you bitter. Just forgive and move on. Stop worrying. Cast all your cares on him. You need to memorize 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your cares on him because he's taking care of you. So in a stressful situation, do the things you know you're supposed to do. But then trust God with the rest. Choose to praise God joyfully. I love Psalm 103. David speaks to his own innermost being and gives it some instructions. He says, soul, down there, praise the Lord, my soul, and all my innermost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord. And don't forget even one of his benefits. When you choose to praise the Lord, When you tell your innermost being to praise him, even if you don't feel like it, the result is joy. Finally, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because part of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And when you let the Holy Spirit have his way in you, that river of joy begins to flow out. Now, when you get joy, express it. God tells us to shout for for joy. Let me hear you do a joy shout. Whoa. You know, there's an old song that says, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Let me tell you, if you've got joy down in your heart, let it out. Don't lock your joy up inside you. When you express your joy outwardly, it intensifies. Now, see, you're not dependent on circumstances for joy, but you can get joy from your circumstances. All right. yeah. Part of the joy of the Lord is the joy we experience when God blesses us in our circumstances. So develop a thankful heart and always acknowledge the blessings that God gives you. You know, being in love brings joy. Thank God often for the people in your life who love you. A kiss can bring joy. Thank God when the Holy Spirit kisses you with His presence. Victory over opponents brings joy. God says He wants to always lead you in triumph over the enemy. Thank Him for victories. Now, children experience joy very easily. You know, even simple things can fill them with joy. But as we get older, we tend to lose that ability. We get worn down by the cares of the world, we lose the joy. But God wants you to recapture the joy. If you have become hardened to the point where you cannot rejoice, again, I have good news for you. You can repent. (laughs) Let God plant his joy in your heart. So in this month of Adar, let God overwhelm you with his goodness so your joy overflows. Now here are some more things we need to know about the month of Adar. The word Adar means strength. As the last month of the yearly cycle, it represents the completion of a season. The Hebrew letter for Adar is Kuf. Everybody say Kuf. Kuf. Now tell your neighbor (laughs) Gizuntite. Kuf pictures the eye of a needle. You may have to navigate through a narrow place this month just like Esther did, but God gave her the revelation she needed to make it through. The tribe associated with the month of Adar is Naphtali. And Naphtali means sweetness has come to me. All right. This is a month to taste God's sweetness, to taste and see that the Lord is good, and to enter into his joy. See, God wants you to taste his goodness. Now, it's interesting this month, we're having leap year. Leaping is associated with Naphtali. When Jacob blessed his sons, he described Naphtali as a deer that has been set free. To understand what he's saying there, picture a deer confined for a long time in a pen or a cage. And then imagine what happens when the gate is finally left open. The deer goes running and leaping across the field with great joy because it has been set free. And so Adar is a month to rejoice, to celebrate, to enjoy the sweetness of God. To help us understand Adar, it's good to look at some things about the tribe of Naphtali. Naphtali was the sixth son of Jacob, born to Rachel by her maidservant Bilhah. And when he was born, Rachel said, I have struggled with my sister and I have prevailed. And so Naphtali also means to struggle and prevail. I love it. In the month of Naphtali, you may face some struggles, but what God wants you to know this is a month when you can prevail. So thank God for grace to prevail this month. Now there are two interesting prophecies spoken over Naphtali. His father Jacob gave this word, Naphtali is a dough set free and He gives beautiful words. And the picture of that brief prophecy is of Naphtali as a doe springing forth from captivity, leaping and running with freedom and grace. But Naphtali also proclaims good and beautiful words. And so Naphtali had beautiful words and graceful leaps. Naphtali is artistic, a tribe of warriors and dancers and poets. When Solomon was building his temple, he hired Hiram, whose mother was from Naphtali, to do the bronze work. But Naphtali was also a warrior. Habakkuk 3.19 says it uses words related to Jacob's prophecy to describe a victorious warrior. He says, the Lord will make my feet like hinds feet. In the midst of all my trials, I will leap on the mountains. Tell your neighbor, keep leap until you get to the mountain. (laughs) Naphtali was sure-footed and quick, and that enabled him to stand against the enemy. And this is the month God wants you to learn to stand against the enemy and prevail. Naphtali was always strong. God has placed strength within you. In Judges 4, we see that Barak was from Naphtali, and he was chosen by God to lead a military force of 10,000 from his tribe against the Canaanite oppressors. And with Deborah by his side, he got a great victory. And the song of Deborah, the tribe of Naphtali is praised for its bravery in defeating the Canaanites. In Judges 6 and 7, when Gideon raised an army, Naphtali was quick to respond. Says the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms and into Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, and they too went to meet him. So Israelites from Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh helped drive out the Midianites. Now, the other prophecy spoken over Naphtali was given by Moses. He said, Naphtali is abounding. With the favor of the Lord. This is a month of the favor of the Lord. And is full of his blessing. He will inherit southward to the lake. Now Moses is here giving a prophetic word about the territory Naphtali would inherit in the promised land. When Israel entered the land and lots were drawn for the tribes... Naphtali was assigned a large area in northern Israel, bordering Asher, Zebulun, and Issachar. And as Moses predicted, the territory extended south around the Sea of Galilee. Now this was one of the richest and most productive areas in the Promised Land. The Jewish historian Josephus described the region as an earthly paradise, a land full of God's blessings. And so Naphtali was incredibly blessed. But when the other northern tribes rebelled against the line of David and chose to go into idolatry, Naphtali joined them. Be careful who you follow this month. Because of their idolatry, God allowed Naphtali to be conquered by Assyria. And many from Naphtali were taken to Assyria as captives. The Assyrians took the leaders, the warriors, the educated, the skilled artisans, and all that was left of of Naphtali was a scattered remnant, the poorest of the poor, living among ruins. They became a province of the empire of Assyria. And so Naphtali became a despised territory. Jews in Judea called it Galilee of the Gentiles. A land under the shadow of death. It looked like all was lost for Naphtali. But you know, it, it ain't over till God says it's over. All right, all right, all right. Then Isaiah then gave an incredible prophecy. Isaiah said God was not finished with Naphtali. In Isaiah 9, it says, In earlier times, because of their idolatry, God treated Naphtali with contempt, but later on, he will make it glorious. In Galilee, of the Gentiles, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light, and those who live in a dark land, a light will shine on them. What an incredible prophecy! And then in 620 B.C. in the revival under Josiah, the remnant of Naphtali turns back to God. They repented. And when they turned back to God, their destiny was restored. And Naphtali could again rejoice in the goodness of God. And by the time you get to the New Testament, Naphtali was a lamb that worshiped the true God. And Isaiah's prophecy was incredibly fulfilled. In Matthew 4, it says, Jesus withdrew into Galilee and settled in Capernaum in the region of Naphtali. And this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah, the land of Naphtali, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people sitting in darkness saw a great light. And those who were in the land and shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. You know, Nazareth where Jesus grew up and Capernaum the center of his ministry were both in Naphtali. Jesus started his ministry in Naphtali. He called his first disciples there. When you read in the Gospels of Jesus walking by the shore of of the Sea of Galilee calling Peter and James and John and the other disciples, that all took place in Naphtali. Isaiah's prophecy was being fulfilled. Most of Jesus' sermons were preached in Naphtali. Most of his miracles were performed in Naphtali. Some have suggested that all of Jesus' disciples, except Judas and Levi, were from the tribe of Naphtali. That means 10 of the original 12 apostles were Jews from the tribe of Naphtali. Naphtali was fulfilling its destiny. Most of the leaders of the early church were probably from the tribe of Naphtali. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell in Jerusalem, Peter gets up and gives his Pentecost sermon, and 3,000 people were saved. Just need to remember, Peter was a Jew from the tribe of Naphtali. When the apostles performed miracles in the temple courts demonstrating God's power, most of those apostles were from Naphtali. When the apostles met with the church from house to house, teaching them the things of God, most of them were from Naphtali. And when the apostles took the gospel to the ends of the earth, Naphtali was leading the way. So this tribe that was prophesied to leap forward like a deer let loose, proclaiming good words, leapt forward under the power of the Holy Spirit to spread the gospel throughout the whole earth. and the New Testament, Naphtali fulfilled its destiny. They leapt forward like a deer released from the pen. They joyfully moved out to take the gospel to the world. And in this month of Adar, God wants you to leap. Tell you never, it's time to leap. He wants you to leap for joy like a deer set free. He wants you to leap into your destiny. He wants you to leap forward like Naphtali to speak his good words wherever you go. A few years back, Chuck gave five things to prepare you to leap in Adar. Number one, make a choice to rejoice. This month, choose to rejoice even if you don't feel like rejoicing because the joyful heart does good like a medicine choosing to rejoice does something in you it breaks a spirit of heaviness studies have shown if you will choose to smile even when you don't feel like smiling you'll actually feel happier look at somebody and say choose it's just really that simple yeah now look at your neighbor and smile real big So whenever darkness starts to close in around you, smile, better yet laugh. Celebrate the goodness of God and watch God permeate the atmosphere. Light can permeate the darkness and barrenness will break. So prepare to leave. Lighten up. Choose to rejoice. Lighten it up. The second thing that will prepare you to leap is to root out depression. When you feel depressed, it's like something cloaks over you. It is actually a form of spiritual attack. And the worst thing about depression is when that is cloaked over you, you do not feel like fighting it. You just want to wallow in it. But fight it, because it's not from God. So rise up, be filled with the Spirit. and The fruit of the Spirit is joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When you root out depression, faith can break through into your thought processes. We all have roots of depression and despair, but we can overcome them by the joy of gladness. So take off the cloak of heaviness and put on your garment of praise. Here's another way to prepare to leap. Develop a war strategy. Ask God to show you how the enemy tries to ensnare you and how you can take up your spiritual weapons and overcome him. God says put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you can stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. One key to victory is to overturn worry. If you remove fretting from your life, you will begin to see your supply lines. Also, refuse to walk in fear. The enemy wants to produce fear in you to stop your forward movement. Guard yourself from idolatry in this season as well. Next way to prepare to leap is to break wrong decrees. See, Satan is a liar. And he tries to fill the atmosphere around you with false decrees and accusations. And his false decrees will attempt to surround you. They will circle you and cause even people that love you to speak hurtful or negative words. You'll even find yourself repeating those same words about yourself. So you need to take authority over the devil's evil decrees and speak God's words. Over your life. So test everything. And if what you hear or what you feel. Does not come into line with what God says. Don't receive it. Confess what God says. Now another thing. Remember the Bible says. Agree with your adversary quickly. When Satan accuses you or threatens you. Sometimes you just say. Yes I'm I'm a mess. (laughs) But I ain't going to stay a mess. Amen. Amen. Thank you for pointing out how I'm going to change. Ooh. See, uh, in, in Joel 3, it says, let the weak say, I am strong. Now, Satan will come to you and say, you are too weak. You'll never make it through. And other people may say, you're too weak. You'll never make it through. But God says, you have the strength of God in you. And so when you hear those false decrees from the enemy, even if you feel that in yourself, choose to say what God says. Let the weak say, I am strong. I have the strength in God to make it through then here's a final way to prepare to leap. Discover your true identity. Your true identity is linked to the invisible world, yeah. not to the natural. Some Christians never tap into their identity in the supernatural. But discover your identity in the spiritual realm and see how the Lord is conforming you by the Spirit. And if you know your true identity in Jesus, demons will flee part of knowing your true identity is identifying and activating your spiritual gifts. This is the time to become who you were meant to be in the spirit. So in this month of Adar, prepare to leap. I Choose to rejoice. Root out all depression. Develop a war strategy. Break off wrong decrees. And discover your true identity. Adar is the last month of God's yearly cycle. And so end this cycle ready to move into your next dimension of blessing. Our times are in God's hands. If we move supernaturally, we will move through our circumstances and into God's blessing. So in the month of Adar... Break off the curse of the past. Leap into your destiny this month. Lord, I thank you that this is a month you have called us to rejoice. You have called us to leap. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't don't stop leaping until you get there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we look forward to leaping and rejoicing this month through the power of your spirit, amen.